Thank you for listening to the Hope Church Podcast. We hope that this message inspires you and encourages you in your walk with Jesus. For more information and resources, visit hopeboon.com. Man, the Word of God is true. In spite of everything else that we've experienced and known, the Word of God remains true. He cannot be a liar. He cannot fail. He can't be something that he said he's not. Amen. Come on. He can't be something that he says that he's not. Hallelujah. I want to preach to you so badly this morning. I'm excited. I woke up uh, on Tuesday morning with a message from God for you and for anybody else that will listen. And so I'm excited about that. A couple of quick announcements. There are no announcements. We'll be here at church next week for the first Sunday of, the, of 2024. Be there or be square. Uh, I want to encourage you, today's the last time that you can give in 2023. Uh, as you may have expected that, today's the last day of 2023. If you're going to continue in worship with your giving, I encourage you to do that. You can do it either online at hopeboon.com or at the Hope Hub on your way out this morning. Of course, we... We, uh, we're obedient to scripture here. We give our tithes and of our offerings, and we believe God blesses us. Amen. Um, I, I just want to jump right into the word this morning. I'm not here to take time and have announcements and all that kind of stuff. I want you to turn in your Bible to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus forevermore. Oh, man, if you came in here bound this morning, you're going to leave free. If you came in here stopped up this morning, you're going to leave free. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. I know that sounds funny to say if you came in here stopped up, but uh, I mean spiritually, okay, spiritually. Hallelujah. Come on, if you came in here depressed, you're going to leave here filled with joy. If you came in here dragged down by anxiety, you're going to leave with freedom and happiness and, and the life of God and the buoyancy of faith. You know, faith is a life that is buoyant. You know what I mean when I say buoyant? It means it floats on the top, doesn't sink to the bottom. You ever been fishing? Anybody? Did you ever see a weight that you put on a fishing line? Its job is to sink to the bottom. Its job is to take that lure all the way to the bottom of the lake or the creek or the river or the ocean or wherever it is you happen to be uh, fishing. And a lot of people, they don't recognize it, they don't understand it, but they live with, with weights. They live with sinkers. We call them sinkers when you, go, when you grow up fishing. They live with sinkers on and they don't realize it. They live with these things. The Bible talks about it in Hebrews chapter 12. It talks about us laying aside every weight and sin which does so easily beset us. Because the enemy, whether you know it or not, would love for your life to be weighed down by the cares of this world, by the challenges of life, by the issues that are presented to us. And if you'll allow it, the devil will drag you down to the bottom every single time. But how many of you know that a life of faith is not like a weight, it's like a bobber? Anybody been fishing with a bobber? A bo what's a bobber's job? It's to keep the bait up close to the top. You see, the Bible promises us that we're overcomers, that, that, be, that through the blood of Jesus and because of what Jesus did for us, we've been given a victory that supersedes and overrides the curse of sin and death that exists in this world. And though the enemy may try to come in from every side, the Bible says that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord lifts up a standard against him. So I'm here to tell you this morning, no matter what weight you came in with, I believe you can leave as a bobber and not as a sinker. Can 
Can you say amen to that this morning? I'm telling you what, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to preach. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. If you don't want to shout, you may have come to the wrong church this morning. Just letting you know that. It's the last message of the current year, and it's the message for the year to come. I'm going to try this with my hands free. How's that? I think that works. All right. Good job. Thank you. All right. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I'm not as excited as I'm going to be by the time this is over. I'm just telling you that right now as a word of warning. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. What did I say? Chapter 3. It's chapter 4. 2 Corinthians. Can you hear me? Okay. In Corinthians chapter 4, we'll begin reading in verse 13. And it says, And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed, and therefore I spoke. We also believe, and therefore speak. Let me read it to you one more time. And since we have the same spirit of faith, everybody say spirit of faith. Spirit of faith. Is it a spirit of doubt? Spirit of fear? Spirit of unbelief? Spirit of intimidation? Spirit of apathy? No, no, no. None of these things. What have we been given? A spirit of faith. I'm going to preach to you today about the spirit of faith. And it's going to light you up. Hallelujah. Therefore, since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore we speak. Let me read it to you in a couple other translations. It says, The holy writings say, I believed, so I spoke. We have the same kind of faith as David had. We also believe and so we speak. That's the New Life version. You want to know what the Living Bible says? The Living Bible says, We boldly say what we believe, trusting God to care for us, just as the psalm writer did when he said, I believe, and therefore I speak. You see, you and I have been given the same spirit of faith that the, that the patriarchs walked with, that the patriarchs lived with. Uh, if you go look at the life of Abraham, he's called the father of faith. And when everything was contrary to him, he still chose to believe God in the face of everything that was opposing him. And the Bible calls him the friend of God and the father of faith. We have the same spirit of faith. The same spirit of faith that, that Peter had when he got out of the boat and walked on water towards Jesus. The same spirit of faith that Paul had when he traveled all over the then known world preaching the gospel and raising up churches and raising up believers and establishing the kingdom of God in the earth. We have the same spirit of faith that, that, that David had when he faced down a giant that was twice his size. We have the same spirit of faith that Joshua had when he led nearly three million Israelites into the promised land, into a place called Jericho. That when God told them, walk around the city seven times and then yell, they had a spirit of faith to do what God told them to do. And guess what? It worked. And we have the same spirit of faith. Father, I ask you this morning to speak to our hearts through the word. 
as you always do. Holy Spirit, would you grant unto us a spirit of wisdom and a spirit of revelation in the knowledge of you. Let the eyes of our understanding be enlightened. Father, that we might know the hope of your calling, the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints and the exceeding greatness of your power to us who are believing. Lord, I thank you for these words. I pray that you would speak through my mouth today as I communicate your word. Lord, would you make it effective by your spirit in our hearts? We'll be careful to give you the glory and the praise for it in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen and amen. The title of my message today, if you haven't figured it out already, is the spirit of faith. The spirit of faith. I don't know about you, but as I close the, the chapter on 2023 and I look forward to 2024, I have in my heart and in my mind a sense of that which God is leading us into, both for me and my wife and children and our family and also for this church. I don't know if you can sense it the way that I can sense it, but God is moving in a strong way in our, communica- in our community and in our congregation. And, um, you know, we've gone through the holidays, we've come through all of the, the times of busyness and all that kind of stuff, and now we're on the other side of that. And, it, and it's time for us to shift our vision and move into this coming year. How many of you are excited to get back to work? And back to school and back to, amen? There nobody? Anybody? Okay. Guess it's just me. That's fine. No problem. I don't know about you. I can't wait for my kids to go back to school. Mom and dad can hardly wait for school to start again. Okay? No, I love my kids. I love when they're close, but they need to be in school. Okay? Amen. Everybody needs to get back to their routines. There's something powerful that happens when you close this. When you close the chapter and you close the page on something that, that happened and is in the past and you now step into something that is in front of you, it's very easy to dwell on the past. It's very easy to live in the past, especially if you're like me and you're a nostalgic person. I'm nostalgic by my very nature. I wish it was 1956. I wish that Frank Sinatra was still alive. Uh, you, know, you know what I'm saying? I wish I drove around a Cadillac Bel Air and I wore a three-piece suit to work every day. I wish that men still wore fedoras. I really do. I'm telling you, I just, there's certain things that I just love. Uh, you know, I, I wish for those kinds of things. Um, but the reality is yesterday's gone and tomorrow's a new day and today is a new day and, and we have much to look forward to. And as I thought about that, uh, and I thought about what to communicate at the end of a year, I woke up Tuesday morning and this verse was loudly reverberating in my heart and in my spiritual ears. And so I want to take a moment to you th- with you this morning and talk to you about the spirit of faith. It says that we have the same spirit of faith. What, what is the meaning of the statement spirit of faith? What is Paul, the writer of 2 Corinthians, communicating to us when he says, we have the same spirit of faith? As a matter of fact, before he says that, he says, since we have the same spirit of faith. So he's he's getting ready to, he's, he's reminding us of something that's been given to us, number one, and he's inviting us to access it and to use it by using the word since. It'd be like, It'd be like uh, my daughter, Claire, coming to me and say, Dad, how do I get my teeth clean? 
I say, well, since you have a toothbrush, you do like this, and you get your teeth clean, right? She's very good at brushing her teeth, by the way. But, um, but, but, you know, the fact that the word since is there draws our attention to what he's trying to communicate to us by using this statement of spirit of faith. In other words, you've been given something, and since you've been given it, it's time to use it, right? So what does he mean when he says, since you've been given the same spirit of faith? I believe that that answer, uh, the answer to that question has two parts. Part number one. What is, the, what is a spirit of faith? Part number one is the spirit of faith is the spirit of God who has come to reside within us, right? That's easy to understand, right? When Paul says we have the same spirit of faith, what does he mean by spirit of faith? Well, I believe that answer is two parts. Number, part number one is the spirit of faith is the spirit of the living God who has come to reside and live within each and every one of us who are his children, let me read you several different verses. You don't have to turn here, but you may want to write them down for, uh, for later. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Look at that last section. The Spirit of God dwells in you. I want you to start 2024 remembering who it is that actually lives inside of you. Next time the enemy wants to raise his ugly head and throw some garbage your way, I want you to remember who it is that actually, presently, in reality, lives in you. You're the temple of the living God. The Spirit of God resides in you right now. That's not theory, that's reality. 2 Corinthians 6.16, or what agreement has the temple of God with idols. For we are the temple of the living God, just as God has said, watch this, I will dwell in them. What is the spirit of faith? The spirit of faith is the spirit of God that, res that resides in you right here, right now. Ezekiel 36, 27 says, I will put my spirit within you. And cause you to walk in my statutes. And you will be careful to observe my commandments. Wow. I will put my spirit in you. Are you getting this this morning? Second yeah. Timothy 1.14 says, Guard through the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. Look at that one. If you can put that one on the screen. I'm sorry I didn't give these to you guys this morning. Second Timothy 1.14. There it is. Guard through the Holy Spirit who dwells in us the treasure which has been entrusted to you. It's the New King James is what I'm reading on that one. But Guard through the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. The point is this. You have a treasure on the inside of you dwelling in you right this moment. His name's the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So why do I say that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of faith? It's because, number one, he's living in you. And number two, he, he can't be anything other than the spirit of faith. He can't be the spirit of doubt. He can't be the spirit of unbelief. He can't be the spirit of fear. Like, I think we've established through about five verses that the Holy Spirit lives in us, right? So when Paul says that we have the same spirit of faith, and we just read that, we, that, that that spirit is the Holy Spirit, well, then we need to understand he can't be the spirit of anything else. 
right? It can't be the spirit of confusion. It can't be the spirit of fear. 2 Timothy 1 tells us we haven't been given the spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. It can't be the spirit of, of, of anguish. It can't be the spirit of, of doubt and unbelief and, and fear and anxiety. It can't be the spirit of apathy. It's the spirit of faith. Come on, man. You see, the Holy Spirit is not going to claim to be one thing and then be proven to be something else. The Bible says he's the comforter. So, he, so, so he's not going to say, I'm the comforter, and then you put your trust in him, and he comes and lives in you, and, and, and oh, it turns out he's not the comforter. He's not a liar. Amen. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God himself who lives in us and who, watch this, makes the realities of God's kingdom come alive within us. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit who is from God. He is God himself, and he makes the kingdom of God real to us. He makes the kingdom of God come alive within our hearts. He's the comforter. He's the spirit of truth. The Bible says he's the helper. Think about that. Do you know that the Holy Spirit will help you believe? <laughs> oh, man. The Holy Spirit will actually help you believe. See, when you're in a moment... Where, you're, where, where, where the circumstance is saying one thing, your head's saying another thing, and the Bible's saying something completely different. Did you know that in that moment, it's the Holy Spirit that you can call upon, that you can, he will actually come and help you to believe what the word says? He's the helper. Oh, man, this is not in my notes, but somebody needs it. Come here. I'm telling you what, I'm going to light you on fire if you don't like it. It's going to happen. Uh, the, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is called the helper. The word helper in the Greek is the word parakaleo. Parakaleo. The word kaleo means called or the calling. Para means alongside. The Holy Spirit calls you to come alongside of him so that when you get in a situation that you cannot face, you have a helper that is called alongside of you that will help you believe, help you fight the battle, help you walk by the word, help you to hold your head high, help you to minister when you don't feel like ministering, help you to say amen when the preacher's preaching and you don't feel like saying amen. He will help you do what he's called you to do. He'll help you believe. Thanks. That's the, listen, that's part of the, the job of the Holy Spirit. That's part of his ministry to the body of Christ is he helps. So number one, what is the spirit of faith that Paul's talking about here? Number one, it's the Holy Spirit that's been placed within us. Number two, it's the spirit, the spirit of faith is the conviction or the commitment of our own hearts to believe in God's promised word. Hallelujah. Thank you for that one amen. The spirit of faith is the conviction. It's the commitment of our own hearts to believe in and stand upon the promise of God's word. 
Again, the Living Bible says, we boldly say what we believe, trusting in God. Trusting in God to care for us, just as the psalm writer did when he said, I believe and therefore I speak. You see, the spirit of faith prioritizes God's promises over the senses. Hello. The spirit of faith prioritizes God's promises over the senses. Therefore, the spirit of faith sees one thing and believes another. The spirit of faith feels one thing and believes another. The spirit of faith thinks, here's where it's going to come right down to where you live. The spirit of faith thinks one thing and believes another. Do you know that your thoughts don't always align with your belief and that's okay? I cannot tell you, oh, this is for somebody this morning, I cannot tell you how much freedom there is in recognizing that you don't have to believe every thought you think. <laughs> Come on, man. I, I, I'm here to tell you, there is, this is a liberating day. When you get the revelation and you come to realize you don't have to believe every thought that comes through your mind. Hallelujah. Well, I just feel like such a loser. Okay, well, don't believe that crap. Did he say crap in church? Yes, he did. Yes, he sure did. Sure did. Be thankful I toned it down. Just kidding. Just kidding. Well, I just feel, oh, man, I just, oh, man, I just, I can't face the day. I can't face it today. I don't have the strength. I, don't, I just don't feel, I just, I, you know, I just don't feel like I'm, like I'm really, oh, man. I'm just, I'm just under the circumstance. I'm beneath. I'm below. I'm weighed down. You don't have to believe that. Amen. You don't have to actually believe that. Well, you know, I mean, I, I, I deal with this with my children. I love my kids so much. They're such great kids. And, and sometimes they'll hear something at school, and they'll come home, and they'll tell me about it, and I'll tell them, you don't have to believe that. Right? Every, every little tidbit, every little one-line zinger that comes through your head, you don't have to believe. You're not obligated to believe it. One, one preacher said it this way, and I think this is so good. He said, I can't stop the birds from flying over my head, but I don't have to let them build a nest in my hair. Now, I know some of you don't have any hair, so that maybe doesn't apply to you. But, but it's, listen, for those that do, uh, listen, you don't, the birds can't, you can't stop the birds from flying over your head. You can't stop every thought that comes in your mind, but you don't have to believe them. If it's contrary to God's word, you don't have to believe it. Hallelujah. Can I tell you something? Can I give you just a, a formula for success in mental health? And, and when I say success, I mean it has a 100% success rate for every person that does it every time for all of history. It's a foolproof action plan. Let me, let me tell you something. Thoughts come from input. Do you know that you've never had an independent thought in your life? You've never had an independent thought that wasn't connected to something you observed or heard or, or somehow interacted with in this world. It's never happened. I know that we think we're so original. 
we have these lightning bolt thoughts that we think are really ours. There's nothing new under the sun. The Bible says it. Everything that we think is a result of some input that we received somewhere. Thoughts come from input. When I was a kid, they used to say it to me this way, garbage in, garbage out. Garbage in, garbage out, right? It, listen, if I live on McDonald's, cheeseburgers, brownies, cupcakes, and licorice, I can't get upset when I'm 200 pounds overweight and, and, you know, and I'm not healthy. Why? My input has dictated where I'm at. So thoughts come from input. Belief comes from lingering thoughts that are entertained until we choose to believe them. Oh, man, I wish I had more time to spend on this. Come here. <laughs> she didn't know I was going to do this. Neither did I. Um, belief, thoughts come from input, okay? Input. Thoughts coming into her head. Okay? She chooses to watch something or listen to something or engage in conversation or whatever. And based on what she's receiving input into her ears, her eyes, boom, thoughts start to come. Belief happens from thoughts that linger that you entertain. So a thought will come, and if, you, if it's contrary to God's word, you need to learn to reject it quickly. Because if you don't, it'll just linger, and it'll grow, and it'll grow, and it'll grow, and it'll grow, and before long, it's not a, just a single thought anymore. You've built up a narrative inside your head, and guess what? Now your heart believes the narrative. Our thoughts come from input. Our beliefs come from thoughts that linger unchecked until we begin to believe them. Can I give you a recipe for success? Change your input, and you'll change your thoughts. Change your thoughts, and you'll change your belief. Change your belief, and you'll change your words and actions. Change your words and actions, you will change every detail of your life. That is a foolproof plan to live free in your mind and in your life for the rest of your life. Thank you. See, we, we, we live below the circumstances so frequently. And God's just on the other side going, come on, come on up here. Don't think that. You don't have to think that way. You don't have to receive that. That thing that's contrary to his word, you don't have to receive it. There, there needs to be in the life of each and every one of us a spirit of faith that rises up and pushes back against the spirit of the age, the spirit of defeat, the spirit of the lies, the spirit of apathy, the spirit of you name it. If it's contrary to God's word, the spirit of faith is supposed to rise up in us. You say, how, how can I be sure about this, Pastor Josh? Just go back a few verses. Go back to verse 7. I mean, let's just, you know, let's just quote the Bible. I know that's not very popular anymore, but... Let's quote the Bible, right? Verse 7, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. What's the treasure? It's the Holy Spirit. We already talked about that. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. The excellence of God's power, it's not about us. It's about him. For we are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. What is that? That's the spirit of faith pushing back. (laughs) Come on, come on. Come on, we're hard-pressed on every side. Look, look, I'm squeezing. I'm squeezing this thing, but you know what's pushing back? The water on the inside. 
I'm hard pressed. This water bottle is hard pressed on every side. But you know what's pushing back? That's stopping it from being collapsed and corrupted is the water that's on the inside. You've been given the spirit of faith that's on the inside of you. So you can be hard pressed on every side, but we do not get crushed. Why? Because there's something in me that fights harder against what's coming against me. And I don't have to go the way of the world. I don't have to fail. I don't have to collapse. I don't have to fall apart. I can look at 2024 with a sense of, of faith and excitement, knowing that God is faithful. Faithful. Why? Because there's something in me that's stronger than what comes against me. Golly, I wish I had a church in here that would talk back to me. My God. Mm. Hallelujah. <laughs> he says we're hard-pressed where? On every side, yet we're not crushed. We are perplexed, but we're not in despair. See, what I like about this is Paul is an honest guy. And, and he, I grew up in, in the Word of Faith movement, and sometimes we, we got so geared up on our confession that we stopped being honest. We were afraid to have a bad confession, so we wouldn't tell the truth. How you doing, brother? Blessed and highly favored. It's like, dude, you're bleeding. Are you sure you're okay? You know? No, no, God is on my side. Yeah, praise God. No, like, like we, <laughs> it's just true, okay? Like, like I, I, the thing I love about Paul, he's just an honest guy. He says, no, I'm, I'm pressed on every side, but it doesn't matter. Why? Because greater is he that lives in me than he that's in the world. The thing trying to come against me can't succeed because God lives on the inside of me. I've been given the same spirit of faith. Hallelujah. The spirit of faith is in you. And God wants to accomplish some things in your life that's going to require the spirit that he put there going to require faith in him. 2024 is going to require faith. I'm here to tell you, 2024 can be the best year of your life. 2024, I believe it will be. You know, I, I, we've walked through some challenges in our family in the last six months, especially, and in the last couple years, on, on both sides of our family. I said to my wife the other day, because the Lord put it in my heart and I mentioned it to her. I said, this next 10 years is going to be the most glorious 10 years that we've had as a family ever. So how can you be so confident, Pastor Jeff? Because I got the spirit of faith on the inside of me. And I'm not going to take the devil's garbage. And neither should you. So you're so intense. Well, I'm just believing the word. If you don't like it, I can't help you. Listen to how this reads in the Message Bible, okay? Listen to how this reads, because I, I don't just want to talk about the spirit of faith. I want to tell you how it works. I want to tell you how to actually operate and live this way. This is how this passage reads in the Message Bible. It says, we're not keeping this thing quiet, not on your life. Just like the psalmist who wrote, I believed it, so I said it, we say what we believe. And what we believe is that the one who raised up the master Jesus will just as certainly raise us up with you alive. Every detail works to your advantage and to God's glory. More and more grace, more and more people, more and more praise. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, that one's going on my mirror this year. That verse is going on my fridge this year. I want to be reminded that every detail in the plan of God, is working both to my advantage and to his glory. You see, the church pits those two things against one another. 
You got whole sections and segments of the body of Christ that, that one of them's over on here on this side going, God's plan is for my best. And then over on this side, the other people are going, God's plan is for his glory. And then they get mad at each other. And the, and the God's glory people say, it's for God's glory, not for your best. And these people on this side go, no, God's plan is for my best. He's already glorious. He doesn't need my help. And they fight about it. Believe me, I read commentaries. <laughs> I listen to, you know, clips on YouTube and such. Here's the reality. God's plan is not for his glory or for your advancement. It's for both. Why is, why is it that it can't be both? Why is it that God doesn't get glory if you get blessed? And why is it that if you get blessed, for some reason, we're leaving God out of the picture? No, God, it's for God's glory and for your advancement. Every detail works for your advantage and for the glory of God. It's more people, it's more grace, it's more praise, it's more life. How does this work? Works by speaking. It's voice activated. <laughs> Amen. Why does the spirit of faith speak? This is what he says, that we have the same spirit of faith. According to what's written, we believe and therefore we speak. We believed and we also spoke. Why does the spirit of faith speak boldly? When you're facing challenges in 2024 and God reminds you of this word that I'm preaching to you right now and faith rises up in your hearts and you want to speak something, why is that? It's because the spirit of faith looks at the natural conditions as temporary and it looks at the word of God as eternal. And therefore, the word is true. Only one thing can ultimately be true. Think about that. Only one thing can ultimately be true, right? How do you determine the, one that's the, the thing that's true? One of the reasons that God's word is truth is because it outlasts everything else. Think about that. Have you ever thought about that before? Like really take a second and think about this. One of the reasons, not the only reason, but one of the reasons that God's word is the truth is because it's eternal. It outlasts everything else. Somebody can say something contrary to God's word, but the reality is God's word's going to outlast that somebody and the thing they said. So which one's true? The one that lasts. Right? Psalm 119 verse 111 says, Thy word, O God, is forever settled in heaven. Look at what he says. Jump down in, in this 2 Corinthians 4. You doing okay? Yeah. All right. A couple more minutes. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Jump down to verse 19. Look what he says. Verse 18, excuse me. I typed that wrong in my notes. Verse 18 says, while we do not look at the things which are seen. Stop right there for a second. That's a ridiculous statement. Isn't that a ridiculous statement? I mean, just you be logical for a second. It's okay. Isn't it silly to say we don't look at the things that are seen? We don't look at the things which are seen. 
but at the things which are not seen. Can I ask you a question? How do you look at something that's not seen? See, these kids get it. Noah just laughed when I said that. He gets it. Why is he laughing? Because he's like, duh, you can't. That's a silly, it's a silly argument, right? How do you look at something that you can't see? You do it by faith. You do it by faith. How many of you can see your liver right now? Hopefully nobody or else we need to rush you to the hospital. I mean, can you see your brain? Can't see it. You think it exists? We feel it sometimes, that's right. I mean, I can't see my brain, but I'm fairly sure it's there. Some days I'm not quite so sure. (laughs) We look at what we can't see. What kind of way to live is that? It's the life of faith. It's the life that says when the enemy comes against me and I'm pressed on every side, I I refuse to be crushed. Won't won't be crushed. Not going to happen. Why? I'm too busy looking at what I can't see. Are you getting this this morning? I hope this is helping you this morning. (laughs) You see, the spirit of faith sees victory in every hardship. The spirit of faith reaches out to grasp the promises of God that it can't yet see. The spirit of faith dreams big dreams and possesses grand vision. The spirit of faith, because of this, cannot be stopped and cannot be contained. We need to return to the spirit of faith that is willing to push back against the pressures of life. Not in our own strength. Please hear this part. Not in our own strength. But with the authority that's been delegated to us in the name of Jesus and by the blood of Jesus and by the strength of the spirit of God, the helper, the spirit of faith that lives on the inside of us, we need to be able to rise up and push back when things get ugly in life. When your kid gets the flu, push back. When confusion comes against your family, stand up and push back. Where on earth did we become a people that just are okay with the enemy kicking our butts? Man, oh man. I'm here to tell you that the, that the society has fed you a bill of goods when it has told you that the answer to your problems is to cope. It's a four-letter word, man. I hate it. I really do. I really hate it. I've gone back and forth on this in my own mind. Like, do I really hate it or am I, just, am I just recycling the narrative I was told? No, I really hate the coping mentality. Well, brother, just hold on. Just cope. Just, you know, just God's going to just, you know, just, just, you know, just learn to, just learn to, do, learn to walk with that limp, brother. Not when the healer lives in you. Not when the greater one lives in you. See, society will have you pinned up coping for the rest of your life. And Jesus has invited you to walk on the water and live a life of victory. Hey, will you sink sometimes? Sure, but he's going to be there to pull you back up and you start walking again. Nobody remembers this part about the story with Peter. They walked back to the boat together. Peter sank, but it was for a fraction of time. It was so short. I mean, let's let's remember this. Don't worry, I'm not going to make clear or act it out. 
Let's think through this for just a second. Jesus comes up. They're in the, the disciples are in the boat. Y'all remember this? They're on the Sea of Galilee. There's a storm, and it's at night. I don't know if you've ever been in a storm in a boat in the dark. It's not fun, okay? But uh, I've been in, the boat, in a boat in the dark in the waves, and it's not fun. Here they are, and they don't have a motor boat, okay? This is a little fishing vessel. And they're out in the middle of the Sea of Galilee, and they see Jesus coming on the water, and they think it's a ghost. And, and this is just so funny to me. They, they, go, they go, you know, the disciples get all scared. And Peter yells out, Master, is that you? Jesus says, it is I. Peter says, if it's you, tell me to come out, onto the boat, out of the boat, onto the water. Good old Pete. I love me some Peter. He's a good dude. So what does Peter do? He gets out of the boat, walks on water to Jesus. As he gets to Jesus, he takes his eyes off Jesus for a split second, considers the wind and the waves, and he immediately begins to sink. And I always used to think, like, I, I wonder why Peter sank. I mean, he was a fisherman. Surely he could swim. But, but the reality is, I mean, imagine that you're walking on water and it's solid, and then all of a sudden the solid part of the water goes away. What are you going to do? Of course you're going to sink. You're going you're to drop straight down. By the time that Peter is even able to collect himself from taking his eyes off Jesus, he's already there and pulls him up out of the water. People don't recognize the immediacy of the help of Jesus when, Pe when Peter sank. We beat him up because we think, oh, Peter didn't have any faith. No, he had tons of faith. He got out of the boat and he walked a distance to the point where Jesus was. And he was right there close to Jesus, close enough for Jesus to actually grab a hold of him. And then the Bible says Peter, he pulls him up and now they're just having a conference on the water. And he says, Peter, why didn't you believe? Oh, you have little faith. The word little in the Greek should, be, should better be translated short. Peter, why did, your, why, did you, why did your faith short out there for a second? You had, you had faith in me. Why did you stop believing for a split second? Notice that even though he did stop believing for a split second, Jesus was still there to grab him. Then guess what? They walked back to the boat together. Nobody ever talks about that part. You see, God's called you to trust in him and have a spirit of faith that when the wind and the waves get crazy, something in you rises up and pushes back and says, no, I'm not going to allow a spirit of strife and division in my marriage. No, I'm not going to allow a confusing voice from the enemy to infiltrate my kids and mess them up. No, I'm not going to let lack come against my family so that I stop living and stop giving and become a, 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 you know, just a person who shrinks down and is afraid of everything. No, I'm not going to let laziness and apathy get a hold of me so that I just want to lay in bed all the time and never get up and do the thing I'm called to do. Claire got in the car with me this morning. She was super tired because she'd been with her friends for a couple days having a, her friend had a sleepover. She's like, Daddy, I'm so tired. I don't know if I feel like doing this today. And we were leaving, the two of us, to come here early. I said, baby, I don't feel like doing this today either. 
I woke up this morning, not a bone in my body wanted to come preach to you today. I'm being serious. You want to know why? Devil doesn't want you to hear this message. People watching online, devil doesn't want you to hear this message today. He would much rather that me lay in bed and pretend to be sick. But we're not moved by how we feel. I don't have to believe everything that I think. I don't have to, I don't have to lay back when the going gets tough. How do I get, this is my last question for you and I'll, I'll close. You doing okay? I preach a little long this morning. I don't care. <clears throat> How do I get this spirit of faith that you're talking about, Pastor Josh? I've asked this question myself in times past. Because I'll look and I'll see people that I, rec- that I uh, look up to, folks that I, uh, you know, either friends or, or people that I've witnessed in my life. And I say, they seem to have a big faith. How do I get that big faith? They seem to be able to believe God for all kinds of stuff. How can I do that? Pastor Josh, how can I get the spirit of faith? Well, the reality is you've already got the spirit of faith on the inside of you. That's maybe the best news all day. You've already got the spirit of faith living on the inside of you. Here's the deal. You just need to learn how to cooperate with it a little bit more. I just need to learn how to cooperate with the spirit of faith that's on the inside of me. In this coming year, let this new year be the year that you decide, I'm going to learn how to cooperate with the spirit of God a little bit more than I ever have in my life. I mean, that would be a really good New Year's resolution, right? That would be a really good New Year's resolution. This year, 2024, I'm going to cooperate with God like never before. I'm going to cooperate with the fruit of the Spirit on the inside. So every time my flesh rises up and I want to bite somebody's head off, I'm going to remember love is patient, love is kind, love has no envy, love is not proud, love behaves, love is not selfish, love is not easily provoked, it's not touchy. I'm going to learn to cooperate with the Spirit of faith that's on the inside of me. When the enemy rears his ugly head and comes at you, whether it's sickness or or fear or anxiety, we have a generation of people more anxious than any generation that's ever existed on planet Earth before. When the anxiety comes and knocks on your door, answer with faith and say, you know what, I'm not going to allow that to happen. I'm going to push back. You've already got the spirit of faith. Learn to cooperate with him. Amen? Amen? And we're not talking about perfection. Peter wasn't perfect. He sank. But he got right back up. The Bible says a just man falls seven times, but he gets back up one more time. In other words, it doesn't matter how many times you fall down as long as you keep getting back up. God's not looking for perfection. He's looking for cooperation. Hello. God's not looking for perfection. He's looking for cooperation. Can I tell you something that will maybe help you? God doesn't need you to have it all figured out. He's already got it all figured out. He really just needs your, like, he just needs your uh, cooperation. That's all he's after. I want to encourage you as we go into this new year that, that you've, you've already got the spirit of faith on the inside of you. Cultivate it. Learn to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. And don't not a single moment, forget who lives in you right now. God lives in you. That means you're redeemed. 
God lives in you, that means you're free. God lives in you, that means your body is healed. God lives in you, that means your home is blessed. God lives in you, that means you have wisdom from above. God lives in you, that means you're going up, not coming down. God lives in you, that means you're going to live and not die and declare the word of God. God lives in you, that means your kids aren't going to go sideways like all the other kids in this world. God lives in you, that means you have his vision. God lives in you, that means you have the strength not to sin. God lives in you, that means you have the strength not to be prone to strife. God lives in you, that means you have everything needed to live an anxiety-free and depression-free life. God lives in you. That means you don't have to be bitter. God lives in you. That means you can be blessed when you come and blessed when you go. God lives in you. That means your enemies come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. God lives in you. That means you can multiply in every area of life and you can come up and not go down. Amen. Amen. Spirit of faith takes a hold of that reality and says, come hell or high water, I'm going where God wants me to go. And, and, and guess what? It's not about your performance. It's not about whether you do it perfect. Come on, Peter. It's not about your performance, Pete. Let's walk on the water together. Lord, I'm afraid I'll get wet. It's okay. He'll be there. He's there to grab you. This, this, isn't a, this isn't a message of works or a message of try harder. That's not what I'm preaching to you this morning. I'm not preaching try harder to you. Amen. It's not about trying harder. It's just about making the decision that even though things come against, even though things are here to try to put the squeeze on, oh, I'm going to believe what God says, and I refuse to be crushed. I refuse to be crushed. Hallelujah. I, I was thinking about this the other day. I'm done. Frankie, you can come on. I was thinking about this the other day, especially toward, towards the end of a year or the beginning of another year. You often hear these kinds of statements like, the future belongs to so-and-so. The future belongs to the person who really embraces AI. The future belongs to the daring. The future belongs to this one or to that one. And I, I heard a statement like that the other day. And I thought to myself, Lord, who does the future really belong to? You know what the Holy Spirit said? He said, the future belongs to Jesus Christ and, and to his body. The future belongs to Jesus and to his body. And I'm part of that, and you're part of that. So I'm going to dream big. I'm going to think big. I'm going to act big. I'm going to live big. Amen. Brianna and I went and had a date night last night. We were driving home, and we were talking, and I said to her, you know, I said, I don't think anybody is going to get to their deathbed, and on their deathbed, they're going to go, you know what? I really, I really dreamed a little too big. You know, I um, I wish I hadn't. I wish I hadn't set such big faith goals. I wish I hadn't trusted God as much as I did. Nobody's gonna get to the end of their life and be like, you know what? I went for it, and I really wish I hadn't. I wish I'd have stayed small. 
You know, my life would have been so much better if there'd have been a little bit more bondage. Here I am on my deathbed, and boy, I'll tell you what. I tell you what, man, I just, I wish there'd have been a bit more fear. I wasn't apathetic enough. I mean, this freedom, you know, it's been nice, but man, where was the anxiety when I needed it? (laughs) I mean, come on. I'm saying it this way to be funny on purpose because I think it'll help you get the point. Nobody's going to get to the end of their life and regret that they went after God with all their heart. And nobody's going to get to the end of their life and be like, man, I set big goals and I hit them. I wish I hadn't. I want to invite you to allow the spirit of faith and the spirit of God on the inside of you in this year lead you into all that God has for you. Because God has amazing things for your family. God's got amazing things for your life. He really does. He's got amazing things in store for you. And the invitation is to take him at his word. Let the spirit of faith rise in you and believe and walk in what he has. You don't have to be depressed. You don't have to live in fear. You don't have to believe every negative, contrary thing to the word of God that comes through your mind. I'm telling you, it's not wrong for you to believe the word and say, you know what? I'm going to have what God says belongs to me. You're not taking anything away from him. You're not, I mean, it's, it's not an offensive thing to God for you to take him at his word. And you know what? It doesn't, it, listen, I know, I know life has been hard to some people. I know that's been challenging. When Frankie was saying that earlier, I really appreciated what you said there during praise and worship. Sometimes we walk through things and they're ugly. And we feel like that water bottle, man, we're, we're pressed on every side there's a spirit on the inside of you that can push back against that every time. Say, you know what? I'm going to go forward with God. Amen. Has this helped you at all this morning? I hope this, I hope this is such a close to your year that helps you to just reconcile where you've been to, to this moment and say, you know what? Despite the past, despite everything, God's still got a future for me and I'm going to choose to believe that that future is better than everything that I've seen up to this point. Amen? Hallelujah. Can you stand up to your feet this morning? You know, I was going to... I don't know if you guys have noticed, but... We've, we've, been, um, we've been kind of making some changes to some of the things in our services. And one of the, one of the changes that we've made is that we've, um, we've asked the prayer team to be ready to close every single service. And we've asked the worship team to come and, and to play and sing. And the prayer team has been making themselves available for anybody that wants to come. Uh, and the altar's open. And, and we're going to do that. We're going to continue to do that. We've been doing that now for about a month and a half. And, um, but, but here at the last one, at the last service of the year, I want to pray over you. Okay. I'm gonna call that audible because I, I want to pray over you. I want you to take the hand of the person that's next to you. And I want to speak a blessing, a pastoral blessing over your life. To those who are without a father, I want to speak a 
Thanks again for listening to the Hope Church podcast. Our church exists to see people from all walks of life know Jesus, connect and grow, discover their purpose, and make a difference in this world. If you would like to connect with us further, or if you need prayer or assistance, please visit us at hopeboon.com, where Jesus loves you, we love you, and your life counts.